Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, something serious is happening, and it is not good. You're seeing it. I'm seeing it. The decades-long effort by liberals to categorize us as not as people with bad ideas, but bad people with ideas, something I've said often, is starting to bear fruit. That harvest is coming, and it's bad. Something happened last night I want to talk about, especially given my perspective on security. Something's happening in this country, and I'm telling you, it ain't good. All right, we've got a long, uh, a good show today, loaded with material. Please don't go anywhere. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. I've got that. I'll cover the Biden COVID thing, of course, um, but from a different angle. I, I put something in a search engine, which will show you what kind of hacks the media are. You wait till you see that to show you what goons they are. And I want to make another critical point here, too, how we are better than these people. Chest up, chin out. I'm telling you, we are better than these people on the left. And I'll tell you what I mean. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall credit card bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate mega stores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Joe, it's Friday, so let's go, daddy It's Friday! Yeah! It is. Finally, bro. Always love Friday. Yeah. Little date night tonight. Oh! That for the adult version of the show. So something's happening. Something's happening that is not good. Uh, something's brewing in this country. My suspicions are, as I said in the open, that decades of the left pumping down the throats of their, their gullible, lemming-like listeners, that conservatives aren't people with bad ideas that should be challenged, but genuinely bad people, fascists, Nazis, racists, transophobes, homophobes. You can go through the whole lineup. We, we jokingly call it the istophobic, phobophobe thing. You've heard it all before. That decades of doing this is starting to really bear a rotten kind of fruit. Is it the Kavanaugh threat at the Supreme Court? Is it the growing internet violence directed at conservatives and Trump? Folks, it's everywhere. You can see it. I can show you the back end of my Facebook page, lunatics that send death threats just about every day. There is something brewing on the left. And while conservatives have no problem whatsoever because we're better than these people, I'm going to bring this up throughout the show today. It's not like some hoorah, pound my chest moment. I mean it. I'm not talking in figurative terms. We are better than these people. We will condemn violence. We will condemn violence repeatedly because we understand that a constitutional republic can't function when violence is the means to enacting political change. It's not hard. They can't do the same. Here's what I mean. New York gubernatorial candidate, the winner of the primary, Lee Zeldin, who, disclosure, I know very well, good man. I think he's got a great shot at being New York's next governor. He was at a campaign event last night. Some knucklehead just walks up on stage with what looks like that. Um, it's, a, it's like a brass knuckle type thing with points. It's like a, it looks like cat ears. Uh, he walks up on stage and starts like going after Zeldin. Uh, Joe and, and, and Gee kind of cropped this out a little bit. You're going to hear it if you just listen on audio. But you hear him giving a speech and then you'll see this guy just walk up on stage and say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to try to attack the New York gubernatorial GOP nominee. Check this out. And this is our last stand for New York. And there's only there's only one option. Oh, shit. 
Folks, like I said, something's happening here. You know, I don't want to um, have this affirmation bias where, because I, I don't want to make the mistake liberals make with us, where you have a pre-existing idea in your head that liberals, like I said, think we're bad people with ideas and therefore are acting on it and just affirm it by telling myself stories. So I'm, I'm trying to distill that out and operate just on facts. But I don't think there's any question that these types of incidents are becoming more pronounced and more, but a guy just walks up on stage. You have a guy showing up at Kavanaugh's house with a equipment, a, the torture and, and, and to kill is him and his family. I mean, these just aren't the kind of things you heard about often. Listen, I know I did this for a living. I did this for a living. Keep your head on a swivel around these people. And one thing I want to put out there, too, to the candidates, this is the Dan Bongino public service announcement. And anyone else who's an activist, folks, you got you to gotta pony up for security. It's your call. You do what you want. I, stay, I do not have a security company. I have no ownership in a security company. This is not a, some money thing. I, I, it's your do- it, you, I have no dog in this fight. I'm just telling you, if you were a candidate and you have a public profile, you're crazy not to get security. If it's a money issue, I understand. Have the multitask. You got to get a driver anyway. Use them as a, a driver in security. It's not the best scenario, but it's better than nothing. I just, I, I, just a quick story. When I, right when I left the Secret Service, I'm not going to say who, obviously, for confidentiality, but a presidential candidate in that cycle met with me and was interested in utilizing me and my consulting firm for security at the time. So they balked at the price, which I understood, and I let them know that. And I said, no problem. Um, and here's my recommendations. If you're not going to use us, and it's a money thing, then at a minimum, get someone who can multitask and do other things. To drive and do security at the same time is not the easiest thing in the world. It's not the most ideal scenario, but at least you have someone. Get someone, folks. Now, listen, we are better than them. We are better than them, and we will always be better than them. Moral victories, who cares about that? I'm just talking about doing the right thing for yourself. Forget about making big, overarching moral political statements. The right thing to do is to, of course, condemn this stuff. But I was thinking yesterday, as Biden obviously was diagnosed with COVID, obviously happened after the podcast. That's why we didn't mention it. I mean, minutes, right? He, we get off the air. I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. Like, the people are going to think we're ignoring this story. It happened maybe five minutes after we got off the air. Right away, I was like, damn it. I was thinking about adding to the show, but just would have screwed it up. And uh, I figured I'll just get to it tomorrow. But we are better than them. Biden gets COVID. You hear just about every prominent conservative voice saying, hey, listen, we don't agree with the guy. Of course. I mean, politics aside, hope the guy gets better. It's because we're better than them. We're not who they are. But that's not what happened when Donald Trump was in charge. That's not what happened. When Donald Trump was in charge, and I'll get to that in a minute too, Corrine Jean-Pierre, when Donald Trump was the president and Donald Trump got COVID, it was, they were laughing. They thought it was hilarious. There were a couple, perf- you know, uh, perfunctory, yeah, hope he gets better, <laughs> winking and nod. But all they could all, and b- I, I believe me, I remember this I, vividly every second. Remember, Joe, all they were concerned about was the narrative. Yep. Is there a super spreader event at the White House? Who did he spread it through? Donald Trump kill someone? Donald Trump irresponsible? Why did he have a mask on? He's going to kill the Secret Service. That's all. That, are you hearing any of that now? Are you hearing any of that now? No, because we're better than these idiots. Political violence. We condemn it. They love it. Censorship. We condemn it. They love it. You are better than these idiots on the left. Don't ever forget that. You are a better and more decent person. I mean it. They can laugh all they want. They, that's why they hate themselves. They quietly look in the mirror and know that they are the political movement of censorship, political violence, poking fun at people's death. Remember what happened to Herman Cain? They thought that was hilarious. More in the censorship thing later. Boycotts. That was their idea. That was their idea. Liberals. Let's boycott people. Why? They do anything wrong? No, we just don't like their political ideas. That was their idea. They started this. All right, let me move on. This Biden COVID thing got ugly, folks. The, the mask clown show just continues, too. So Biden, like, oh, he wore a mask and he still got a... Has anyone figured out how to operate under the Moneyball premise? Anyone? If he's a good hitter, remember Moneyball, the movie? If he's a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good? Folks, if masks work, why aren't masks working? How many times are we going to ask this question? 
It's come up again, of course, with Biden getting COVID. Now, I have uh, one of my most popular guests, by the way, Dr. Aaron Cariotti is going to be on Unfiltered, my Fox show, tomorrow night, Saturday at 9 p.m. Don't miss it. We we're going to address that mask study yesterday where they cultured the bacteria and, and uh, the fungus in the masks, the funguses, and it was all over the place. I'm going to have him on to tell you. One, if these, these things obviously aren't working at this point. These cloth and surgical masks aren't working at all. Are these things becoming dangerous? Well, the mask clown show continues. There is no science behind this at all, indicating there's some positive anti-COVID spreading effect from wearing these masks. It doesn't matter. These people live in a cold. Here we go. The clown show continues. A member of the press corps yesterday, stunningly, shockingly, Joe, decides to ask Ash Jha, the coronavirus czar or whatever, and the Brady press room at the Biden got COVID press conference, right? Decides to ask, like, listen, man, is it time for us to start to reevaluate this ridiculous mass strategy that's doing nothing? <laughs> the guy, now, keep in mind, the guy's an epidemiologist. Ask y'all up there answering questions. They cannot let this go. They can't let us go. Here, Mass Clown Show, episode number 6,422. Check this out. President wears a mask, is well protected, but he still got COVID. Is this the time to really realize that masks may not really be as effective as, you know, we try to make them to be? So I think the science on masks is actually quite clear, and there is broad agreement among public health and science experts that masks work. Higher quality masks work better than lower quality masks. He wears, every time the president wears masks, he wears high quality masks. Um, masks are uh, not a panacea. It's not that they're, oh, God, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I did perfect timing. It's not that they're not a panacea. They're a nothing sea. They don't do anything. How many times are you guys going to get burned by this? If you understand this is a cult, the left is a cult. I have a strong suspicion here. This is, I have a very, very strong founded in data and science suspicion that if a sensible review of history happens, that history is going to look back on this moment and be astonished. I saw someone give it. There was an interesting piece I read. I should have pulled it up. Forgive me. I don't like referencing pieces and not giving the author credit. But there was an interesting piece about how we're living right now in these scientific dark ages. We just are. Ignoring vaccine side effects, telling six-month-olds to get vaccines against a virus that poses legitimately no serious threat to them. And the, the masks just keep wearing the face diaper. And the guy says a great point. Listen up, guys. This is a good one. This reminds me of foot binding. Like how this was like an accepted cultural thing to, for women to bind their feet. And now we look back and we're like, that sounds like a really dumb idea. You know, this was in the piece. You understand like that's going to be history in 20 years, maybe less, where people are going to look back and go, wait, wait, let me get this straight. We told a bunch of people that men can get pregnant, that masks stop COVID, that Infants should get a COVID vaccine. We told them all that and everybody bought it on the left. I'm telling you it's going to happen. It has to happen because we, the clown show can't continue like this. Everybody's catching. I'm even seeing some, not liberals, but left-wing people who are sensible, like, all right, I'm done. Like, I'm done with the stupid. And I'll say one more thing. Folks, I got a lot of vaccines. When you're uh, traveling around the world in my prior line of work, working for the government, you get a lot of vaccines like typhoid and stuff like yellow fever. You get all these weird vaccines. I felt pretty crappy after a lot of them. I am dead serious. I even heard Cavuto on Fox yesterday who had a couple bad cases of COVID himself. I heard Cavuto on Fox say yesterday to a doctor he was interviewing about Biden getting the COVID thing like, Hey, do you think the whole public health infrastructure's credibility is just completely collapsed? Like, just no one's listening to these. It's at the point now. No one's listening to these people. Whatever they say, people do the opposite. And I thought to myself, having gotten all these vaccines, you know they're right? Let me tell you, you know, again, I'm always truthful with you, even when it reflects poorly on me in the eyes of some of you, because I, I'm a sinner like everyone else. When I was getting all those vaccines, I never asked questions. No, I know. I'm, I'm dead serious. I never did. Used to go to Secret Service headquarters. When was it? Uh, 8th Street or whatever. 
You'd walk in, you'd go up to the doctor's office. They had a doctor's office in there. You do your physical. They'd inject you with a bunch of stuff. I never asked questions. You may say, oh, you're an idiot. Fine. I was. You're right. There you go. Verdict is in. Point stipulated. I'm not above doing stupid things. Do you know since this COVID thing, I've lo- whatever they say, I go immediately to the internet and have to double and triple check it because I'm almost confident every time, almost confident every single time that what they're saying is a lie. That's how little faith people have now in this public health infrastructure. Here, by the way, can we all get a consensus on this, by the way? Am I crazy? Is this not, we discussed it yesterday, but I just want affirmation on this. Is KJ, crazy up here. Is KJP the worst press secretary that you've seen in the history of the United States? Fellas, anyone? Okay, Justin's the youngest. He says yes, so we'll go with him first. Guy's the second youngest. I'm the third. Yeah, it's a yes, so it's three yeses. This is like America's Got Talent. Joe, would you, you're the oh, senior yes. member of the crew. Oh, uh, the, hell Folks, yes. she is just, it's not personal. She's just not good at this. No. She's just not good at this. So this happened yesterday. She's asked a very sensible question. Like, hey, uh, where did Biden get COVID? You would think that would be important, right? Contact tracing and all this stuff they told us was important, right, Joe? Contact tracing, testing. Remember, this is what they've been telling us for Two plus years now. Yeah. That this is critical. Karine Jean-Pierre just volunteers. By the way, she runs to the microphone to volunteer one of the dumbest answers I have ever heard from her. And believe me, that's saying a lot. Listen to this. Where exactly was the person infected? Where was he infected? I, I don't think we know. Um, I certainly don't know if you, if you have any thoughts I, on I, it. Look, I, I don't think that that matters, right? I think what matters is we prepared for this moment. I think what matters uh, is what Dr. Jha just laid out. Uh, if we look at where we were, were a year and a half ago, this is a president, when he walked in, one of his first priorities was to make sure we had a comprehensive plan to get people vaccinated. Karisha, <laughs> Pierre, it is not personal. You are just not good at this. It doesn't mean you're not good at other things. You may have some talents we don't know about, and I frankly don't care about. We are taxpayers. We pay you for this job. It's not a volunteer job. You are just really, really bad at this. So to be clear, after we've been told for two and a half years, Judge Janine had a great point on the five yesterday. I love the judge. She's like, wait, wait, wait. Let me get this straight. She travels a lot by plane. She goes, so I used to come back into JFK and LaGuardia and have to fill out some form. The New York State, whatever, health board's calling me, asking me where I've been because they're contact tracing and telling me to quarantine. They told us all of this for two years. And yet when this guy in the White House gets it, all of a sudden, oh, it doesn't matter where he got it. Oh, my gosh. If there was ever an example of the foie gras eating, bow tie wearing cocktail party crowd telling you a big double barreled family friendly middle finger. I've never seen it. Just stop talking. Karine Jean-Pierre. You're not good at this. This is a search. This is a screenshot of my phone. Go to Rumble, please, and look at this. This is a sc- an actual screenshot from my phone. When Donald Trump got COVID and left was wishing death on him immediately because we're better than them. That's who they are. They're animals. That's who they are when they do this stuff. You call for someone's death from COVID because you don't like your politics. You know what? You're not even an animal because animals don't even do that. You're not even, it's an insult to animals. You're disgusting. We're civilized human beings, or I thought. Here's just a screenshot of my phone. Here were some of the headlines around the time Trump got COVID. White House hosted COVID super spreader event, says Dr. Fauci. Clown, clown time. Here's another one. They were obsessed with who Trump gave it to. With Biden, it doesn't matter. Here's another one, USA Today. How did Trump get COVID? And whom has he infected? Opinion, Donald Trump, super spreader in chief, Washington Post. Here's another Post article. Seven days following Trump's reckless coronavirus trail. We are better than these losers. I don't, maybe it doesn't make you feel any better. I'm just telling you, it matters to me. My Christian faith matters. I'm a sinner. I'm not your preacher. I'm just telling you that one day I want to be able to go before Jesus Christ, the Almighty, and say, I didn't do what they did. All they cared about was a political narrative. That's all they cared about with Trump. If he died, he died. They would have loved it. 
Thankfully, we're not the same people. Folks, actions have consequences. There are trade-offs. There are no solutions. I've got two stories out of Chicago. Again, Exhibit A, proving my point that the left is a clear and present danger to your public safety and your economic security. You'd be stunned what they did in Chicago. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Folks, again, we are better than these people. We are better than these people. I have no problem telling you that, looking you in the eye. Whether it matters to you or not, I, I can't control. Maybe moral victories aren't your thing. It's okay. I understand. But there, I believe there is an afterlife, and I believe moral victories do matter. Of course, on the ground, victories here matter too. But we are better than these people. We understand simple things like actions have consequences, and the world is full of trade-offs. There are no solutions. We are fallible sinners and human beings, and we're only trading one problem for a lesser problem. That's it. That's it. Thomas Sowell elegantly talked about, eloquently, excuse me, talked about this. I'm going to get to that in a second. But here's what I mean. This is what happens when you let leftists monopolistically run a city and run it into the ground. You know, one, before I get this, one just quick note. Nothing would please me more than if we could run a real world experiment with all volunteers, right? Where if we could get a county, a county, and we give them autonomous like a chop zone. No one's in charge but them. We move all the liberals in, and then we have an adjoining county in the same landmass, and we move a bunch of conservatives in. Say a good sample size of 1,000 people. Come back in five years, see what happens. Nothing would be, because they'd have no excuses. You would see the folly of liberalism. Here's what I mean, Breitbart. Stories in the newsletter, bongino.com slash newsletter, if you'd like to subscribe. It's free, of course. Report, Chicago cops forced to stop pursuing vehicle carrying murder suspects? Quote, this department is a joke. Now, I saw this trend. When I was a young police officer in the NYPD, this trend of not getting into vehicle pursuits for things. Now, for some scenarios, it makes sense. You have to listen, having been there and lived through it. If a guy blows a stop sign and you're in a really crowded midtown area, you have to ask yourself. It's common sense, folks. Again, it's not a solution. Don't be a leftist. We're talking about trade-offs. Trade-offs. What is the... What's the least worst solution? You want to get in a 100-mile-an-hour pursuit down Fifth Avenue, blowing through red lights? There is a really solid chance. Gee, you went up there in New York. You'd probably kill and mow down five or six people. Guy blew a stop sign. Okay? Scenarios like that, common sense. And you should let the officers on the ground have the discretion to do that, right? Chasing a murderer, folks? That's a whole different ballgame. Who's probably going to go and kill someone else immediately? You shut down those streets. And as a uh, Georgia state trooper who I went through the Secret Service Academy told me one day, he was asking me about vehicle pursuit, true story, about vehicle pursuit policies in the NYPD. I go, oh, they call them all off. You can't pursue anyone. I go, what's your policy? He goes, chase them till the wheels fall off. I said, man, you guys are great. That's what they did. (laughs) I don't know what it is now. I'm just telling you, that's what he told me back then. You don't pursue murderers? What happens? Well, have you thought about the other side of the story? What happens then if you do pursue the murderer and you've been told not to? What do you think happens, Joe? Probably get in a little bit of trouble, right? Yeah. So then what happens? You see, this is what we do, which, which what liberals don't. Action, consequence, action, consequence. Okay, this happens, then what? So if you're going to punish a cop for chasing a murderer, they're not going to chase a murderer because they don't want to get docked salary or get suspended. Not hard, right? That's what we do. Not these idiots. Now, if you had done that and said, okay, then what? So we're going to tell them not to chase murderers. That means they're going to chase fewer people and stop doing cop stuff. That would probably lead to less arrests. Oh, look at this story. New York Post, July 19. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. 
Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. That's probably, I'm probably dating myself. We're coming for you, Elizabeth. Get me the nitroglycerin tips. Chicago cops make record low number of arrests as violent crime source. How, how did that, how did that happen? My gosh, that's crazy. Look at that, man. I got goosebumps thinking about it. How is this happening? How is this happening? You see, this is what happens when you say, then what? Action, consequence. You see life as a series of trade-offs. Well, yes, we're going to create a dangerous pursuit situation if we chase everyone all the time. But what is the more dangerous situation if we tell cops not to pursue anyone, including murderers? Well, they'll stop arresting people, stop pursuing people. Crime will go up and arrests will go down. That's what happens when you see the world as it is, not as you want it to be, like liberals do. Here's a perfect example of this in the economic space, moving ourselves out of the law enforcement space. We do trade-offs. Liberals do fake utopia. Here's Paul Krugman, who shockingly won a Nobel Prize for economics. The man has been on the wrong side of just about every economic prediction in the last two decades. I'm not kidding. He has been on, the guy is a clown. That he should return the Nobel Prize. I mean, this was a once respected economist who is now an international laughing stock. He's one of those guys like the public health apparatus. Whatever they tell you, you're reasonably sure the opposite's true. Masks work. That probably means masks don't work. Whatever Paul Krugman says, if you bet on the opposite, you'll probably profit handsomely. Here's what I mean. It's an appearance he did on cable news. Here's Paul Krugman talking about inflation. Missed the boat again completely on inflation. Loves government spending, this guy. And here he is talking about, man, we just didn't see all this stuff coming. That's your job. That's your job. And when you don't think in action consequence and you decide to print trillions of dollars of new money and you never say, and then what's going to happen? You get appearances like this where they're always surprised by everything, despite having a PhD in not being surprised in economics. Check this out. What did you think you got wrong? Well, um, partly it's that there's stuff that I didn't, you know, that nobody saw coming. Nobody saw right. uh, Putin invading Ukraine. Uh, I think nobody really thought about logistics, supply chains or any of that stuff until suddenly they became a big problem. But part of it is that we did, in fact, end up with what is clearly an overheated economy. And the effect of that overheating on inflation was bigger than his past experience would have led us to believe. So it's always dangerous to extrapolate from the past. And in this case, it really, we, you know, I thought it was possible that we overheat. I didn't think given the historical relationship that it would lead to this much inflation. This is incredible. The guy won a Nobel prize for economics and he couldn't figure out that printing a bunch of money when supply chains are strained. So we don't have enough products to sponge up the money was going to lead to inflation. I'm not exaggerating here when I say I can explain this to my 10-year-old and she'll clearly understand it. Not Paul Krugman. Not Paul Krugman. You are better than these people. You are better than these people. It's not a hoorah moment. It's true. All right, coming up next, I have True Time with Thomas Sowell. Sowell explains this beautifully. I should have played this segment for you sooner. He says, anytime you listen to a liberal who doesn't understand trade-offs and thinks there's solutions, government solutions to problems, there are none. There are only trade-offs. You should ask these three questions. Okay. Whenever we need some guidance from the intellectual scion of our time, a genius, a man I adore, I'm desperately trying to get on my Fox show. I understand his appearances are limited these days. But whenever I want to talk about something in economics, it's time for a true time with Thomas Sowell. Now, while listening to this clip, here's the frame I need you to view this from, right? We are better than them. We think in action and consequence. We don't think in utopian fairy tales. We ask questions like, if we do that, then what? They don't do that. They think in solutions, not trade-offs. Here's Thomas Sowell describing the three questions you need to ask whenever you're analyzing liberal policies. Check this out. What is the liberal premise? I guess uh, uh, the Rousseau notion, you know, that man is born free but is everywhere and changed, that the real problem of the world is that the institutions are wrong. If the institutions were right, then man, there, there was nothing in human nature that would cause us to be unhappy. It's the fact that we have the wrong institution. What is the conservative premise? That uh, man is flawed from, uh, from day one 
and that uh, you, there are no solutions, there are only trade-offs, and whatever you do to deal with one of man's flaws, it creates another problem, but that you try to get the best trade-off you can get, and that's all you can hope for. Uh, I've often said uh, there, there are three questions that I think would destroy most of the arguments on the left, and the first is, uh, compared to what? The second is, at what cost? And the third is, what hard evidence do you have? Now, there are very few ideas on the left that can pass all three of those kinds of things. Can conservative ideas pass those? Yes, I think so, because they, they, they don't assume that there, that there is a solution out there. Uh, you know, Adam Smith didn't believe that, the, that, the, that the, the, either the government or the market could solve all problems, that you have to be able to simply tolerate certain things. Compared to what? At what cost? What hard evidence do you have? Put that framing, those three questions, onto any liberal, quote, solution, right? This dreadful semiconductor chip spill I hope to get to before the end of the show. Call your congressman and senator, tell them to vote against this today. You want to give $250 billion in taxpayer dollars to a bunch of chip companies that can earn the money themselves? It's a better solution compared to what? And at what cost? $250 billion. And do you have any hard evidence it's actually going to work? The answer is no. Every time the government subsidizes an industry, you get a whole boatload of problems like Solyndra. The left can never withstand scrutiny. And shamefully, some Republicans signed on to this dreadful semiconductor chips bill. If your guy votes for this, they haven't earned your vote. All right, let me move on because I've got this is a really, really important story. This was actually the headline, the title of today's show. Sorry, I left it to the end, but it's well, not the end. We're halfway through. But this is a critical story. Something I suggested, you guys may remember, just a week ago, if Trump were to win a second term in office, and he's got about a three-month window to just overwhelm the left with appointments and to clean out this broken, dreadful swamp. He has to just drop a personnel rock on them where the minute they get upset, you guys see where I'm going with this? The minute they get upset about one Trump nominee, he's launching another one. And then when they get upset about that, he's firing one of the bad guys. He's got about a three-month window to do this. You remember this show when I did this? Well, the plan is apparently leaked. So I'm going to get to that Axios story in a second. But the coming elections, I know you hear this is the most important of our life. Well, is it the most important or not? I don't know. It, it, really, I don't know. That's, a, that's obviously a subjective interpretation. But I'm telling you this, they're critical. Because the coming elections in 2022 and 2024 legitimately have the chance for the first time in a long time to turn the freedom and liberty train around. It's left the freedom station a long time ago. It's left the freedom station a long time ago. The GOP, and candidly, the conservative movement too, we've done, we've tried. The GOP ha- hasn't done a lot, but the conservative movement has tried. We've slowed the train down from leaving the Freedom Station. But ladies and gentlemen, we've yet to turn it back. Healthcare has more government. Education has more government. The government's bigger than it was. We haven't. We just haven't stopped the Freedom Train from leaving the station. I'm telling you, this is one of the first times In a long time, we have the opportunity to send it back in the other direction. There was a question today. I didn't use it. Questions for Dan's coming up too. But there was a question about why I'm such an optimist. That's why. Because I do think in the end, I honestly believe, I cite my religion often, that we are touched by the hand of God and we have to make a lot of mistakes before we fix it. That's why I'm an optimist. You don't have to be. I'm just telling you I am. 2022 and 2024 could change everything. Newt Gingrich, who I interviewed on my radio show, will have a special interview Sunday show this weekend on the podcast channel. That Gingrich interview will be on there. It was an amazing interview. Everybody loved it. Gingrich was talking about how he sees a Republican tsunami in this upcoming election. And he said this. He said, voter frustration with Biden and Democrats that they're helping to build a tidal wave of political rejection so large it could sideline the left for two generations, according to Gingrich. If we're right, he told the examiner, then the scale of the defeat may resemble 1920, where the GOP won 10 Senate seats and 63 House seats and made Warren G. Harding president in a landslide of 404 electoral votes. 
I don't want to get ahead of my skis. That's a bit of a bold prediction by Newt. But if you listen to the interview again, it'll launch on Sunday on my podcast channel. He makes a very convincing case that this could be an electoral apocalypse for the left. Now, why would this be bad for them? Well, obviously because they would have lost. But remember, some of those Senate seats that are up, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia, folks, sorry to speak in you know rudimentary basic civics, but there are liberals listening. Senate seats are six-year terms. They're not two-year terms like the House. You're talking about having an election won for two over, across two different election cycles. The next one and the one in the presidential. Those are six-year terms. It also gives a lot of these new House members on the House side the power of incumbency. This could change everything. And why is the left panicking? Now do you see why they're doubling and tripling down in their ridiculous January 6th hearing stuff? Because they got wind about Trump's plan for a second term. Read this article, Axios, Jonathan Swan. It's in my newsletter today. A radical plan for Trump's second term. Sounds like something we were talking about a couple weeks ago, right? Listen to this. Libs are freaking out now that they got wind of this. Former President Trump's top allies are preparing to radically reshape the federal government if he's reelected, purging potentially thousands of civil servants and filling career posts with loyalists to him and his America First ideology. People involved in the discussion tell Axios. Libs are freaking out. Now, does the January 6th hearings make sense? Folks, they have used the bureaucracy in these career posts forever. The D.C. swamp, that's what it is. To work for an America last agenda. Trump is going to come in with no potential for re-election. It'll be a second term. He has no nothing to worry about at all. And can clean house and bring the government back to an America, not Trump first, America first agenda. And that freaks them out because the left doesn't want America first. They want America last and they've used the government and many, not all in the bureaucracy to do it. Now does the January 6th hearings make sense? They know this. If you want the details, you can look up Schedule F. Trump wants to create a new schedule Biden got rid of. He had it before, and then Biden got rid of it. Schedule F, that'll make pretty much everyone in the government swamp fireable. Would change everything. Everything. All right, I'm going to get to some of your questions coming up. Folks, get off YouTube as soon as you can. If you don't want to get off YouTube, I understand. I'm not here to give anybody orders. I'm a host. I am your friend. I'm your ally in this movement. I am not your boss, nor do I want to be. I'm just telling you for the sake of your content, if you do not have a backup account on Rumble, you know I am an investor in Rumble. Disclosure, I don't say that because I'm an investor. I say that because I'm an activist. Get one immediately and start building it. It is only a matter of time before a mass purge on YouTube happens. This is not a company interested in making money. YouTube is interested in activism, full-time. Daily Caller piece, be in the newsletter as well. YouTube says it will now crack down on abortion-related misinformation, which means what? Which means conservative talking points exposing the truth about abortion that YouTube doesn't like. Just like elections, if you're, if you're a leftist on YouTube and you want to talk about how Trump colluded with the Russians, go right ahead. That election interference is just fine. You want to talk about how 2020 and 2000 mules may have significantly impacted the election? Don't you'll get kicked off. You want to talk about COVID? Kiss the vaccine's ass and talk about how great masks are? You're welcome on YouTube. Promote the science about how dirty masks are? You, 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 ran, you run a severe risk of being canceled. Folks, get off this platform as soon as you can. We are better than these people. We do not support censorship. Liberals are welcome at Rumble too. They do. We are better than them. They are the censorship-loving authoritarian tyrants. We are not. The proof is in the pudding. That's not open for debate. I'm sorry you hate yourselves, liberals, and everyone else and are uncomfortable with your ideas and debate. Get away from these maniac little commies at YouTube immediately. You are making a big mistake. All right, a couple quick news things before I get to questions. Uh, Fox News reporting the other day, sorry I didn't get to it, but Hunter Biden probe reaches a critical stage as officials weigh possible charges. Uh, listen, I'm not buying it. Sorry, not buying it. Been down this road before. If he gets charged, great. Uh, I, here's what I think is going to happen. 
I think if they charge him, which I don't even believe that's going to happen, it may. If they charge him, there's going to be some plea deal. You guys agree? It's going to be, it's going to just go away. Why? Because they don't want this stuff to come out. Town hall piece, Mia Cathell. The top nightmare fuel from the Hunter Biden iCloud leak. Everybody wants to know with that iCloud leak of Hunter's computer, who the hell's Pedo Pete? Mia notes, is Pedo Peter the big guy? The viral 4chan leak, she notes, stumbled upon a peculiar contact that Hunter seemed to have saved on his iPad. Listen to this. The Epstein-esque moniker, Pedo Peter. In the lead up to the 2020 election, the National Pulse reported, that Joe went by the email pseudonym Peter Henderson in communications with Hunter. The epithet is the name of a fictitious, the epithet is, a, is the name of a fictitious KGB spy who infiltrated the government in Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan series. Who's pedo, Peter? Folks, if there are charges here, there'll be a plea deal and you'll never find out any of this stuff. I am not optimistic about any of this. I'm sorry. Uh, Brooke Singman's a great reporter. I'm sure her reporting is accurate. I just don't think, uh, I think that the critical juncture line is more about making this thing go away than about critically charging Hunter Biden. All right, let's get to questions. It's time for questions for Dan. All right. Sorry about that chip bill thing. Just bottom line, the chip bill's terrible. I wanted to get to that. I'll get to it on the radio show later. That's good. That, that $250 billion chip bill, chip bill is a disaster. This is for our, from RRT for life. Hey, Dan, I was born the same year you were. You think with how the economy is today, will it be possible to comfortably retire when that time comes or will it be an impossible situation? It depends. Gosh, I hate that answer. When people go, it's 50-50. No, it does. It depends on what happens, tying it back to the prior story in 2022 and 2024. If we win the House and Senate 2022, hold it through the election cycle and get Trump or DeSantis in there in 2024, depending on who runs, then yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we have a real opportunity to turn this baby around big time and you will comfortably retire. If we don't, the hard answer, no, absolutely not. You'll be working into your 90s. Sorry, you will. Inflation will eat away every single dollar you earn. You have zero chance on a fixed income of surviving that. Hey, Dan, at 6-9-RED-1-VET, love your show. Started watching your show a few weeks ago and subscribe. Thank you. Seen you on Fox. Enjoyed your comments. My question as a former Army sniper, does the Secret Service employ Overwatch when POTUS is making appearances? Thanks for your service. Thank you. And keep the show going. Um, the answer is yes. I'm not giving up any information they haven't given up themselves. If you watch any of that Secret Service specials on Nat Geo and others, they actually talk about it. So yes, they provide Overwatch, sniper coverage, counter-sniper coverage. Uh, absolutely. Spotters, they, they're looking at everything. So you'd stand a a very small chance of getting away with it if you think you're going to just plant yourself on a rooftop and try to take out the president, which uh, it's not going to work out. Hey, Dan, at Mark Riley, as a former security professional, can you comment on the use of body doubles for U.S. presidents and or associates? Yes, I, this is a, I got to tell you, Geek, this was a great call. Geek picks the question. Good call. I, I, I'm actually stunned nobody's asked this question sooner. Let me just put this to bed. Yeah, I, I promise you, I did this for close to 12 years of my life, just one month shy of 12 years. There are no body doubles. There are no body doubles. I promise you there are no body doubles. It's for a, it's for a, a, a legal reason. I, listen, body doubles would be great. You create a diversion, right? Send a motorcade that way and then you go the other way. The problem is the only people, think about this, the legal and financial reasons. The only people legally, by law, entitled to get protection and have government money expended on them are the president. What does that have to do with body double? A body double's not the president. There's no way to pay for that. You may say, oh my gosh, that sounds dumb. I'm just telling you the truth. What, you think the government's efficient? There's no means to pay for it. I people, they no, he's lying. I'm not lying. I have no dog in that fight. I've been gone from there for 10 years. There are no body doubles. I promise there are no body doubles. I see this all the time. The lizard man theories and all this. I was there. It didn't, I would tell you. Why would I lie to you? All right. But great question. At Joshua French 76. Hey, Dan, I'm retired Intel NCO from the Navy. Thanks for your service. Uh, uh, we are easy to be brothers. Is the food shortage a scare tactic to get people to fall in line somehow? Or is it legit? No, it's legit. Now, <clears throat> 
You got to keep it in context. The world, thankfully, due to fertilizer, watering, and agricultural advanced technologies has so much food that if there's a, let me put it this way, if you had 100 people and enough food to feed, say, 500 people, which is, I'm exaggerating, but that's what the world has now. It has more than it needs, right? And then you lose 30% of that. Is it a shortage? Yes, it's a shortage from where you were, but does it mean everybody's going to starve? No. We are lucky in that technology's gotten so far that there's a lot of buffer room, I guess is the best way to say it. But is it real? Oh, it's very real. And if it gets worse, as I've warned you about, it's going to get very real for a lot of people. So yes, it's real. Ukrainians, their wheat supply, if if China invades Taiwan, I don't know what's going to happen. All right. This is from uh, Barbader Holt. Hey, Dan. What are the chances a PP tape exists starring Hunter Biden? It seems like something he'd record for posterity. This is Guy's favorite story of all time. I agree with him, by the way. Guy is right in his analysis. Guy loves this. That's why he put this question in there. He picks him. Guy is convinced that the Trump colluded with the Russians because they had a PP tape story is really an effort, which I agree with him 100% to do the flipperoo, that there's really a Hunter Biden PP tape. And that's where they got the idea. I agree with him 1,000%. I think the chances there's a PP tape are probably greater than 80%. And I think that's, I think Guy is 100% right that that's where the idea for the Trump PP tape came from. 100%. It was, yes, it was a Hillary campaign. Absolutely. It was a Hillary campaign thing. At Godman777. Dan, can you explain the climate emergency? What will it mean for us? Thanks for being a Christian husband, dad, American patriot. God bless you. God bless you too. Yeah, the climate emergency means the Biden administration is going to cancel a bunch of existing oil leases now, costing us 2 million barrels of oil a day, meaning your gas prices are going to go through the roof. There it is. 1.8 million barrels a day lost. That's exactly what it means for you. Hey, Dan, at E. Blackwood, 1776, if an ATF agent comes to your house like they did on the guy in the video without a warrant, can you politely tell them to pound sand? I feel bad for them knowing that they're guys like you and doing a job, and I feel for them. I understand. I understand. Uh, I worked with a lot of these guys. Uh, they were decent guys. Uh, folks, I don't, if, if you're law enforcement and you come to my house um, without a warrant, I'm sorry, but um, you're going to have to go get a warrant. That's part of the constitutional process. Can you do it? Yes. You have this thing called the constitution on your side. They cannot enter your house without a warrant. There are exceptions to that, emergency situations. There are always limitations to anything. But in general, no. You, you're under no obligation whatsoever to speak to the police. Remember the golden rule of Miranda, right? This is probably the most helpful hint I can ever give you. Miranda, you have the right to remain silent. You've heard that, right? A thousand times in the movies. Custody plus interrogation equals Miranda. Don't ever forget that. If you are in custody, meaning you're not free to leave, doesn't mean you're in handcuffs. Doesn't mean you're in a jail. It means you're not free to leave. That's what custody means. And you're being asked questions. They must Mirandize you. Custody plus interrogation equals Miranda. That's why you'll see some savvy people say, am I free to leave? If the answer is no, then you don't have to speak. Well, you don't have to speak anyway. And they have to Mirandize you. If the answer is yes, you're free to leave, then they just leave. Custody plus interrogation equals Miranda. See when. Hey, Dan, you're awesome. Thank you. We don't pick these questions with the compliments, by the way. Why do I read that? I don't. Dan, you're awesome. Let me read that toy. Dan, you're awesome. My question is, when the president flies anywhere, how do they get the motorcade to him? Another great question. I'm assuming the vehicles are specifically made for him. They are. How do we get the vehicles to him? Car planes. Uh, C-17s, C-5s, rarely the old C-130s, but you literally drive the car on the plane. Big thing drops. You drive. This is what I did. I was a transportation agent. I did logistics and and motorcades. You take the cars. The limos are particularly hard to get on because they're, you know, some of them can be low and you just drive them right on. That's what we do. And the loadmaster will chain them down. And we land, the, the transportation advance agent meets us in the city we're going to. We drive the cars off and then we bring a vehicle security team with us. They watch the vehicles all night. We'll typically park them in a hotel somewhere in the bottom and we secure the whole floor, police tape and everything. Yeah, the vehicles are, the president doesn't get in anybody else's car. Rarely, rarely. 
You'll notice even in that scene of uh, Joe Biden driving in that old, co- old school Corvette with Jay Leno. If you look it up online, you'll see it. Look in the background. You know where that was taken? That's at the Secret Service Training Center on a driving pad. <laughs> That's where that, it's not even in a real road. That was so they could keep an eye on him. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last one. That Frederick Bastion. All right. We love Bastion. Hey, Dan, who's your favorite band in third grade? And what was the first live concert you attended? In third grade, it was a toss up between Pink Floyd and the police. Although Pink Floyd, uh, you know, Gilmore, or not, you know, Gilmore, not Gilmore, Roger Waters went crazy. Joe, you were, you like Floyd? You weren't a Floyd guy, right? Uh, I, I liked him, but I'm not heavy into him, no. Yeah, Joe, Joe is very talented. Who's your, seriously, who was your favorite band growing up? I never asked you that. Well, I really liked, uh, I, I was into the kind of, not like the punk scene. I love the Ramones, I, but I liked Leonard Skinner too. The Ramones were badass. The Ramones, yeah. were, I love Skinner. I love Skinner. Yeah. Yeah. The poli- I love the police though. Synchronicity. What Synchronicity is the most amazing album. There's that one weird song on there and that's it. But Synchronicity was crazy. I used to listen to that on tape yeah. and record all the time. I like Billy Joel too. You, just, you said band, but I like Glass Houses. is one of my favorites. First live concert, the Cranberries. I saw the Cranberries huh. at uh, Jones Beach. Yeah, I love the Cranberries. Dolores O'Riordan. That was one of my favorite, favorite. I love the cranberries. I still love the cranberries. I wouldn't I, have I put that together. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I, yeah, yeah, most people wouldn't. I love the cranberries. I, I took my dad and my uh, my girlfriend at the time to the concert. My dad was miserable. He still remembers that to this day. My girlfriend was like, let's bring your dad. He was sitting there the whole time. I like, get me the hell out of here. But I liked the concert. It was great. All right. Thanks again for tuning in, folks. Uh, check out my show tomorrow night on Fox. I got Leo Terrell on, Katie Pavlich, Jim Jordan, uh, Dr. Aaron Cariotti, Saturday night, nine o'clock. Don't miss it. Also, please subscribe to my podcast. The subscriptions would help us stay on the charts. You got us to number four this week on Spotify. And I think we were number six on Apple. Apple, Spotify, please subscribe. It's free. And of course, on Rumble, we added 10,000 people this week. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Thanks a lot. See you on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.